Hey guys, welcome back to the Black Light Podcast. This is AD, this is Adonia Jaja, this is Levi T. Arena, and we have with us today a very, very special guest. I don't even know your last name. <laughs> your first name is Elise. Yes, it is. Yeah, what's your last name? Well, professionally, you'll know me as Elise Segrin. But Segrin. Oh, you don't have to say your. Well, it's, it's not, it's unprofessional. No. I just didn't want to change. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. Just, I, my, I got married nine months ago, so my new last name is Elise Kahalekulu. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah, yeah, I didn't see that coming. Where is that, where, where is that name from? Hawaii. Oh, wow. Yeah, so my husband's family's from Maui. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That's so cool. How did yes. you guys meet? We met at a bar, like all good romance stories really? begin. Yes. Yeah. Which bar? Yeah. Stoney's on uh, Cap Hill. Okay. Yeah, I know that bar. It's yeah. a big sports bar. Um, so we met a couple years ago. It hasn't been that long. Mm-hmm. Um, the first game of the Broncos playoffs, the year that they won. Oh, wow. So we just kept seeing each other every weekend because they kept winning. And Oh, so you guys just didn't even really arrange anything. You just no. kept going back to the well, same bar. Well, I mean, there might have been, you know, sure. uh, maybe I'll see you next week. Oh, sure. Sort of thing. Oh, okay. but yeah, um, that was kind of just every weekend until it was over, and wow. then we didn't not see each other anymore. So. <laughs> and now they see each other every day. Yeah, as it turns out, pretty much it. every yeah. day. Yeah. Well, Elise is a designer and event planner here in Denver with mm-hmm. Revel and Bloom. Yeah. Um, tell us more about your company and kind of just a bit about who you are. Sure. So Revel and Bloom was actually started in 2009, um, not by me. So um, these great ladies, Dana and Shelly, were the first um, to start the company back then. And then I came uh, into this the scene um, in 2014. Um, and I just came on totally new, no experience really, like a teeny bit of venue management. Um, but just kind of had an inkling that event planning might be good for me. Um, and so I assisted with them for a season and fell in love and had the plan of taking my own clients the following season. And then circumstances changed so fast. And um, within a couple weeks, I actually ended up purchasing the company. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so you went from being an associate yeah. or being a planner on a, with an them. assistant. Assistant, yeah. okay. Never had my own client to owning. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And that was like, what, like a three to five month span of that? The, the transition started and ended? With- yeah. So I think, you know, I probably started assisting in May. Our season wrapped up during which I maybe did three or four weddings in October. And then maybe it was November that the opportunity came up and I signed as owner by the end of the year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a bit of a learning curve. <laughs> so between May and the next January, you yeah. went from assistant to owner. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, That's crazy. It was a bit crazy. Wait, did you know this story? <laughs> I didn't know it was that fast. I knew that you sure. had had not started the company, but then came into ownership of mm-hmm. the company. Yep. But I did not know that it happened, one, like that, yeah. and two, that fast. Yeah. I was pretty unqualified. <laughs> but, but now you feel, you yeah. feel good. Oh my gosh. I feel amazing. Yeah. yeah. I would say about two years in, I did a massive rebrand and it was from that point forward to now where I feel like it's truly my work. It's my mm-hmm. vision. It's my yeah. brand. Um, and that's when the best has really happened. Yeah. I, I just, when I tagged you in Photoshop, I mean, not Photoshop in, uh, 
uh, Instagram, yeah. I saw the logo, yeah. and I was like, oh, it's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It looked really amazing. So the rebrand was, yeah. I mean, it looked really nice from, yeah. from that. And Thank so, you. Uh, that's really cool. Yeah, I feel I, like. Oh, I was gonna say. I feel okay. Like, I feel like. How do you feel, Levi? Uh, the way I feel. Is <laughs> the way that, Levi feels is that <laughs> is that this sounds like an apropos way to run a business because I mm. tell everyone who comes to me about starting a business that you have yeah. to be a little delusional, a little like mm-hmm. about running a business. I get that be like, how hard can this be? Um, and then all of a sudden you're in it and you're like, holy crap, if I had known this stuff, I probably wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Not everyone's that way, but a lot of people feel that way. And yeah. you know, I think that's like. Who knows? You walked in, and I feel like, yeah, sounds like you're probably cut out to be a great business owner because you just jumped right in. Jumping right in. Is that what it takes to be a a great business owner? Denial. All it takes is a little (laughs) bit of self delusion (laughs) and denial. Yeah. That's it. Just blindness. I'll go. I will do it. Pure ignorance is all you need to be a successful business. I think it's also a little bit of a control issue Mm because for me, it was the opportunity of either taking it all on at once and just. If I go down, at least it was my fault, Mm -hmm. you know, or if I don't say yes and take this on, who will? And what does that mean for my career? Um, I've always been career oriented, but I definitely never saw myself owning a business. But when those were the kind of the two options, my type A control Mm. self was definitely at the front. Before you were assisting then, what kind of work were you doing? Yeah, well, my whole background growing up is in the medical field. So totally different. Um, My dad's a physician. I've always worked for him. Um, And then in college, I changed my major six times. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Props to the liberal arts degree. (laughs) 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 I did a lot of different things, um, starting with psychology and pre-med to English and writing and then business for a very brief amount of time. And I finally stumbled into and stuck with communication studies. Wow. Did and, you graduate in yeah. four years? I did. Wow. Yeah. Technically three and a half. Wow. Yeah. Even more impressive. <laughs> like I didn't change my major and I graduated in five years. <laughs> was a lot of like, you know, gen ed stuff the first few years and kind of stumbling around trying different things. Um, and then the last year, maybe year and a half was just intense communications exclusively. So... But it was great. It all seemed to make sense now because they do a lot of, you know, interpersonal relationship type stuff, um, a lot of conflict and reconciliation. <laughs> Wait, like in like, do you planning? Mean, you feel yeah, like you do I think a lot there's a lot of that deep down. Um, there's a lot of managing expectations. There's a lot of understanding different personalities, um, getting mm. at people's priorities, mm. where they come from just in general background-wise. Um, and then obviously there's family dynamics, conflict in that sense. Mm. Um, there's it's just a lot of like managing expectations. And I think to do that well, you have to have a good sense of handling conflict and then also a good sense of just people and how they want to be interacted with and mm. how to take care of someone and their needs and their concerns. So I think really the degree still ended up serving me well, even though it wasn't a literal application of it. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I love unpack like hearing you unpack that a little bit. <laughs> That's it's really interesting. I want to roll it back just for the listeners. Mm. Um, when you th- when you think about your business yeah. and what you offer sort of to the larger clientele, mm-hmm. like what uh, what said what's separating you? What sets you apart? What are you? What do you want people to know about sure. when they're coming to Revel and Bloom? Now, I know you did the rebrand. Yeah. What's sort of behind that? What are yeah. some of those ideas? Yeah. I think I ha- came to realization that I really struggled with the question of what my weddings looked like, hmm. and I think at the time that was a really popular question and a thing where everyone was trying to cultivate, 
you know, if you saw an image, you'd know exactly who designed that. Sure. And I had a really hard time uh, answering that. And I realized it was because I didn't feel like the answer should be a look Hmm. because that really restricts who I work with. And then even beyond that, it restricts creatively because we start running into like the same rut over and over. Right. And so I realized what outside of that is my focus instead of a look, what am I looking for to, you know, what am I looking to produce? And the answer to that was, I always want to produce an elevated experience. Mm. And so that can vary tremendously in what that ends up looking like. You know, we can have a very, um, like Levi and I just worked on a really Southwest inspired couple. And mm-hmm. so elevating that, um, so that the look is really distinct and therefore is really reflective of the couple and what they were interested in, but we really did it to the nth degree. Right. Um, or, you know, a lot of my clients, I would say gravitate more towards the fine art look. Um, and then it's again, just refining that to be a reflection of the two of them and then doing it to the absolute best that we can. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really push for innovative and intentional design. Um, meaning I don't want to just grab pictures off Pinterest and duplicate them. I feel like if we see it on Pinterest, it's been done a thousand times wow, and okay. that's just uninspiring at that point. Sure. And so we start there and like, I want to hear what gravitates, what about that picture makes them interested in it, what they gravitate towards about it. But then how do we redefine that idea to be more reflective of the two of them? So, you know, personalize everything, make an innovative concept. So we're not doing the same traditional arch if they're not you know if that doesn't make sense for them what do we do so with Levi and I we had like a hexagon arch and Mm -hmm. that made way more sense for them and you know so it's just thinking about every design detail and every part of the client and guest experience and and curating that towards who the couple is yeah Hexagon arch. Yeah Yeah. it was literally a six-sided hexagon arch. Where is it? How come I haven't seen it? Because well, it was brand new for that wedding. Yeah, yeah but is it, is it out? <laughs> yeah, but when was the wedding? Wedding August. was August, August yeah. 5th. I actually just sent the photos over like an hour ago. Yeah, I was so. just doing it. That's why it's on my mind. Yeah. She's coming on the pod. i got to finish these photos. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get these photos out. Stat. Right. Um, man, I really want to see them. Maybe we can put one up on the podcast uh, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Instagram site so everybody can see what this hexagon arch. The hexagon arch. arch. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I love the idea that you... Uh, you're not just taking things off Pinterest. Yeah. You're you're redefining what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I, I think we don't in the industry we don't do that enough. Right. We kind of say, well, this is what fine art weddings look like. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. But sure. I think uh, I will always quote quote uh, Heraclitus, which <laughs> okay, this <laughs> philosopher. Andy. Okay, maybe it's Sounds a like a Heraclitus. Maybe you pronounce it differently. Quote. Uh, but he says uh, you can never step in the same river twice because mm-hmm. con- new waters are constantly flowing in. Yeah. And I, I know. Sorry, Levi. Okay. I don't know where that came from. But, <laughs> no, it's, it's but totally I, I love it because of that. I think yeah. that if we keep doing the same thing, we're gonna produce something that isn't genuine. Exactly. Or, you know. And so when you say that you hear what your 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 couple is. You hear about them. Right. It's, they're going to be different than any other couple yep. you've ever met. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're talking to you is going to be different than any other conversation they've ever had. And for me, that's new waters. That's new. Sure. It's fresh. It's beautiful. And so that's what should be producing hexagon arches. Like yeah. that conversation yeah. with you should make something totally new. And so that's inspiring to hear that <laughs> you're like all about that. Like yeah. that's really cool. I think it enriches the client experience because sure. even if you ended up with the most beautiful wedding, if you more or less 
can't tell it apart from another beautiful wedding. I don't know how far that mm. goes and how far that gets you as a client or as a designer. And definitely as a designer, if I'm just producing a lot of pretty, but a lot of the same pretty, I, I mean, personally, I will burn out so fast. Yeah. And, you know, it's just not going to be interesting anymore. So who is your, like... <sighs> Man, I told Levi before we started this, like, listen, Levi, let's not be so serious. Yeah, AD. And then here I am, all like, Heraclitus. <laughs> right, and right, right. <laughs> Maybe it's Heraclitus. That sounds cool. That sounds more accurate. Also, I liked how you said you always quote this person, and this is the first time I've literally ever heard you say <laughs> I, I say name. it when I'm writing. I, whenever I write, like, when I write about my weddings, I'll quote So you say yeah. it every single time to every no, couple. No, I don't <laughs> always quote him. It's like, Is it the same quote that you use It's the time? same quote. I quote, I say the same quote. A lot, okay. like very often. I don't always. I don't do it every day when I wake up. You know what? New waters are definitely flowing. No, I wouldn't put it past you. <laughs> I probably that'd be my mantra. <laughs> you can never step into the same river twice. Um, I lost my train of thought because I didn't want to be serious, but this is so interesting. Then I actually, there, yeah. no, it's design. What, what was yeah. your design background? How did you? Like, uh, you know, design. I'll be totally honest. Is not my natural strong suit whatsoever. Yeah. I feel very much that design is a muscle that I'm learning to use. Um, so do you have yeah. like a team of people that help you, or how do you yeah. execute a hexagon arch? Because that's <laughs> not. You know, I feel like that's different. You know. And yeah. Um, so in terms of the company itself, I have two other lead planners, um, and then you know a bit of a slew of assistants. But um, that is truly as big as I ever want to be. Okay. I don't see myself being a mega company that has several weddings every weekend that. I don't have a great grasp on. Um, hmm. I think it has a lot to do with quality control. I just, I want to be able to be involved and I want to provide my clients with the best. Hmm. So, you know, part of that is I never double book weekends because I want my lead planners to serve as my assistants most of the time. On the day. Mm-hmm. Sure. I just, well. I think that's like the strongest team I can provide. Um, yeah. And we certainly bounce ideas off of each other in terms of design ideas and things like that. Um, but it's a really small operation, to be totally honest, and I think it helps keep the the goals and the priorities of that I have for the company pretty intact because it's it's not too big and it's not going to go in too many different directions before I even realize it. So, um, yeah, I keep I like to keep things pretty small and internal. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I like how you kind of described it as this design as this creative muscle that you're yeah. flexing because I think that. It is true. I think a lot of people are told, like, you're not creative, you're not this or you're not that. But a lot of the things that we that we learn over time are all elements of just practice. Like, yep. no one's born, or some people are born, but very few people are born, like, gifted at music mm-hmm. or gifted at playing an instrument or, or drawing. And um, even if you are gifted, you still have to apply a daily application of those things to really become good at them. And I don't, I think I'm trying to implement those things into my own life. Like, how do I practice things? Because I feel yeah. it's easy for me to just know I'm not good and give up versus be like, okay, this is an opportunity for me to grow and trying to grow those things. Yeah. Yeah. The practice of art. No, that's, that's huge. I think, uh, I was, I remember trying to take an art class, a photography class in college. So I'm in college and I like photography, but I'm not a photographer. And I'm like, I really want to take a photography class. And so I signed up for one, but you have to be a photography or an art major. Okay. In my school, you had to be an art major. And so they didn't let me take the class. <laughs> so I never, I didn't take it. Huh. And so it wasn't until after I continued to pursue photography 
and then I became a photographer. And I bet that every, you know, I think it's like 50% of the people who go to school for photography actually become photographers, mm. you know, and then I don't know the percentage of those that are actually any good, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> there are some, obviously, I know a few, but yeah. um, it's just, it's one of those weird things that like, I tried to practice it. I tried to study it, and they wouldn't. You were denied. It. Yeah, they were like, yeah. no, no yeah, practicing. You're not. A, you're not an art student, and I get it. But I do want to email, you know, whoever said no. <laughs> like, Can you just check out my website, please? <laughs> Show them. Well, you know, so one thing as a kid, I loved to draw. Yeah. And I wanted to become really good at it. Um, I hate to throw her under the bus, but my mom. Don't, don't. <laughs> There's no need. Well, yeah. no, this is this is relevant. Are you gonna tell? You're gonna say that your mom didn't let you draw? No, no, no. Not that she didn't let me draw. She, she communicated that it wasn't something I was very good at. Oh, <laughs> how did she say it? How did she say it? I don't remember now, but it's just <laughs> oh, like, baby. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, baby. <laughs> this isn't something. You... This, this isn't your strong suit. You should put that crayon uh, down. So <laughs> I, I kind of moved on to other things, and yeah. I really wish that I. Um, had persevered in practice. Oh. Also, just I can't you know put the onus on my, my mother as well. I sure. was a kid that I'm very frustrated by not getting things done quickly mm-hmm. or well. I want to do things perfectly. I want to do them very efficiently and quickly. So I need to, it's a lesson in patience that I'm learning still as an adult now. But I wish I had the perseverance to kind of be like you know what I'm not good, but I'm gonna get better and keep working mm-hmm. and working. Um, and I wish I'd like really stuck with that and pushed on it, and I still can. So right. maybe that's the lesson: is that I need to keep working at stuff and not be so uh, impatient. Yeah, and you're 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 pretty young, Levi. Relatively. But last time on the pod, Levi called me old. He's Ooh. like, you're an older generation. <laughs> you're older generation. Speaking, speaking of AD being old, today oh, is oh, AD's oh. birthday. Oh, so happy birthday, AD! <laughs> thank you, thank happy you. Happy birthday. Yes, I'm getting older, but I'm still not old. No. You are a young buck, as they say. I'm a young buck. (laughs) Um, Okay, pull this back. I want to work with Elise here on some for uh, this creative muscle. Let's let's flex a bit of these muscles (laughs) while on the pod. Are we doing this? While we're talking, so we're going to ask you a series of questions. Some of them are more random than others. Great. And uh, just answer them honestly. Okay. And uh, in whatever way you want. Okay. Some will be like things that are. Actually, real things. Other things we'll have to uh, make up as you go. Whoa! What do you What do you have in store? This is This is a new segment. I'm this is a new nervous, segment. Yeah. Questions. Call, call, questions. Call, call, <laughs> questions. Questions. <laughs> That's so original. I like That's it. so original. I'll be more. I'll uh, work on that. I'll workshop that title um, in my free time. Are you ready for questions? Questions. Questions. Yes. Okay. All right. Oh, ooh, wow, I like this. <laughs> okay. I'll go first. Okay. So I feel like your question is going to be really hard and random. Oh my gosh. All right. So my question is very simple. Um, uh, Have you ever broken any bones? Yes. Oh. (laughs) It took a long time to. Because they're like minor and they weren't like ever like officially diagnosed bone breaks, but they definitely happened. Like there's. Like, you didn't get a, have to get a cast or anything? Right, right. So oh. most of my fingers I've definitely broken. Oh, wow. That's what? a lot of bones. Yeah. That's... What? Yeah. What? How? They're easy to break. Look at these things. Like, they're very small. They're very normal fingers. <laughs> well, I know, but just in general, you think about a bone, it's... Okay, it's, okay, fair it, enough. They're small. No, and I played basketball growing up, so it's just oh, like that's, a, that's it came it. with the territory, yeah. along with the broken nose that sure. I sustained. Yeah. Oh, also no. Also basketball-related. Basketball. Yeah. Do you still play basketball? Um, recreationally, 
Yes. Every now and really? Every very, very, okay. very, very. I was going to ask if you were like in a league or something. No, no, okay. no. That'd yeah. be awesome. It would be embarrassing at this point in time. But yeah. yeah. I don't know. You had never seen me play basketball. <laughs> I'm really bad at basketball. <laughs> like, oddly bad at basketball. Like, you'd think, you know, it's one of those things. And you're like, but you're black, AD. I know everybody's <laughs> thinking it. No. I'm <laughs> horrendous at basketball. There's a break in stereotypes. Yeah. It's yeah. That's what I'm here to do. <laughs> Do like the the one hand uh, dribble. It's, it's really really yeah. bad. I need to I I need to practice. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, question number two. Yeah. Um, who would win in a fight between a hot dog and a sixty year old aged bottle of French wine? Mm. That's what I didn't. I say his question was going to be absolutely random. Yeah. <laughs> like, Let's see. It I feel like it depends on what type of fight it is. If it's a physical fight, no, actually, the wine wins in every situation. Boom, okay. Yeah. Wow. Why? Okay. Well, so if it's more of like a physical related fight, it's just a harder material. Yeah. It will it's going to crush the hot dog. Yeah, it can just roll right over it. Um, if it's a battle of wit, I feel like the French, <laughs> the French quality would just, you know, have a leg up. In it's that like way the too. the highest piece of French elegance. Like yeah. it's like the lowest common denominator of like American exactly. American ignorance. Exactly. Okay. It's really an unfair comparison. Okay. Think about All right. It. That's yeah. fair. I, like I I can't believe you asked that question. <laughs> where where did you get that from? You just made it up in your head. I mean, we were like... talking about questions earlier. That was <laughs> half the question I had to like class up a bit. So. <laughs> So ridiculous. All right, uh, word association. Okay. What's the first thing that comes to your head when I say the word horses? Childhood. Oh. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So, quick fun fact. Uh, I was homeschooled. I was also homeschooled. Amazing. I'm the minority. Yeah. <laughs> um, and all of us were really encouraged. And when I say all of us, I mean my two siblings and myself. There wasn't a pack of us. It wasn't we like were, a school bus worth of uh, homeschool right, kids. Right, yeah, yeah. It was a small bus. Um, we were all encouraged to have our own interests outside of school. Um, and horsebacking, horseback riding was my choice. That's I like really horsebacking, cool. though. Horsebacking. Horsebacking sounds better. Yeah, it's more concise. Is that like, oh. That's like the <laughs> verb of riding a horse. I thought it was the opposite when you put a horse on your back. It was like <laughs> horsebacking. Oh, wow. That That's like crazy. backpacking. That's possible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. Cool. Yeah. That yeah. is very cool. So yeah. Did you have a, your own horse? I did not. Okay. No. If you had a horse, what would you have named your horse? This is not a question. This is just a tangent off the question, original question. Oh, man. I don't know. I, it'd have to go off of what the horse looked like. I, I rode a horse named DC, and that horse was pretty dope. Uh, I had a horse named Cindy. She was pretty tough, mm. really temperamental. Um, so, yeah, just I, I'd have to go off that's of the a personality. Fair, that's a fair, fair assessment. Yeah. 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 Okay. Question number uh, four for me. All right. What was the worst job you've ever had? I haven't had horrible jobs. I guess that one that I had for a brief time in college was I worked for this startup, um, and they were grads of the the alumni of the school I went to, and they had a technology company, and they sold basically, like, cords. (laughs) (laughs) I was clearly very aware of what I was doing. Like, cords isn't, like, corduroys? Or cords isn't, like, little strings of rope like electronics uh, that they sold to the military, and I would have to, like... Uh, I don't know, re 
enhance the connectivity of them. So I'd get like electrical tape and I'd have to wrap it around wires and then heat gun it to like better seal it. The, I literally had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and I did this for three weeks. So basically I just had a heat gun and electric tape in a closet for three weeks. Oh, and wow. that wasn't the f- most fun. Yeah. I just stopped going one day. Seriously, they, you're just like, okay, like no more longer. Well, like, I don't work here anymore. Pretty <laughs> much. And I never said anything. So. Yeah. What? We no, get it. We never, get it. Never. I, and I would never just bail on a job unless I knew that would be the reaction. So yeah. it, it was okay for me. Like you, the, the first day, like did it like stagger? Like you didn't go in one day, but it came in the day after? Or you no, just literally stopped? No, I want to say it was like preempted by a school break or something and so we were trying to figure out when I was going to come back and then the conversation just kind of got left hanging (laughs) and then I never went back wow so technically you still work there yeah, yeah. Still on payroll. Still, on payroll. <laughs> Still getting those benefits. Like one day, at least he's gonna show up, and we'll she'll go back into the closet and hot gun some yeah. cords or whatever. Yeah, but I've had like all sorts of crazy jobs. I mean, I worked for my dad as an endoscopy technician, hmm. so I, I know a lot about colonoscopies. Hmm. If you want to know anything, hmm. uh, I'm yeah, thinking pretty good about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I was a veterinary tech for a long time, so oh, cool. like a lot of medical stuff, but. Um, and then retail venue management. It's been a little bit all over. But I truly loved almost every job I've ever had. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's actually incredible. Have you yeah. ever quit a job? I mean, have you ever walked out on a job without them <laughs> knowing or anything like that? <laughs> I've never done anything to the standard of a lease. And it's, a new, it's a new bar for me that I want to set and reach is I want to walk out on a job. Yeah. Just cold turkey. I've done it. And not really? get in trouble. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I well, was just, tell us about this. I was working at a Walmart distribution in college. Okay. And it's like where you're you're inside the trailers and you're filling the trailers with boxes of things mm. and you're offloading the trailers. Mm. And I, one day we were, I remember it, we were offloading mini blinds, okay. which they're in these oblong boxes that are heavier than they look for mini blinds. And... We just started the day. It was a 10-hour, 12-hour shift. And I had a partner. We were going to do it all together. And I lifted, like, one box of mini blinds. <laughs> and I was like... Nope. I looked at it, and I was like, hey, man, I'm sorry. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm <laughs> 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 so bad. He's like, I'm quitting. He's like, what do you mean you're quitting? <laughs> he's like, I-, I can't do this. And so he's like, what? And he just watched me walk... <laughs> Up to the front where I just said to the guys, I was like, to the, to the, you know, to the bosses, it's like, hey guys, I'm quitting. They're like, what do you mean? They're like, do you need to fill out a form or whatever? I was like, yeah. He's like, what's your reason for quitting? I was like, it's grueling. It's horrible work. (laughs) And he was like, well, you can't write that on the thing. I was like, yes, I can. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm going to write because that's what I'm, that's, and so I never went back. It was, it was funny. I felt bad, but. I didn't feel that bad. I'm going to be honest. I don't know why. I knew it was going to be fine, and I just never did. I think that's freaking awesome. I wish that I had the courage to do something like that at a job that was... If I also never really had a job that I was like, yeah, this this sucks. I don't want to do this. Um, But if I did, I wish I had the courage to be like, you know what? I'm out. I'm just like not show up ever again. And that's it. I mean, I... You call it courage. Yeah. Could be called Yeah, I still feel bad a little bit for the guy, not for like the company Walmart. I feel bad for the guy that I left right. because it's very possible that he had to offload the truck by himself. You think every day he's like 
that well, I remember that guy's name, <laughs> but he guy? quit after two minutes. And don't get me wrong, I love hard work, but I was just like, I was done. Like, I was just like, I, I can't do this. I had worked there for months, but that day I was just like, nope, nope I'm done. I'm just, I'm just leaving. Yeah. Gosh, I did that at another job too, but. What? Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, anyway, that's, that's enough about me. Okay, enough about, <laughs> enough about me. All right, AD, last question, bring it to us. Oh, this is the last question? Yeah. Um, okay, as uh, shallow or deep as you'd like to go. Okay. Um, what is home? Uh, home is uh, definitely the mountains. That's the simplest way. I think I can feel at home in the mountains by myself. I have people that I would feel at home in the mountains with, but as long as I'm there, I'm at my home. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. You grew up here, right? I grew up in Western Colorado. So I grew up Telluride, uh, Grand Junction, sure. sort of my, yeah. 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 That's what awesome. was it like growing up in a place like Telluride? I feel like Telluride, <laughs> I think of like people on vacation. I yeah. think of like, I don't, I, it's hard for me to imagine what it would be like to grow up there. It's still like a very polarizing feel when you're there. Cause I think anyone that lives there almost always feels to an extent like they're on vacation. I think oh, it's, really? uh, yeah, hmm. it, it's like, a, it has a bubble effect and hmm. the bubble can be the most fun you've ever had in your life and also the least productive time of your life. I thought seriously about moving to Telluride after college and just had to realize that as much fun as it would be, I'm not sure how much I would ever grow personally or professionally there. Um, and I think that's true for most people living there. You have to have a very strong sense of discipline and work-life balance because there are so many people there that even if they live there, it's, it's pretty transient and everyone's kind of there to have a really good time. Sure. Um, but it, there's a high, high burnout rate. And I think that's still a reality for me. If I was to go back, I would struggle with that. So mm. when I go back now, my parents are in Grand Junction, um, but... When I go back, it, it feels honestly more like vacation than anything, mm. even even to this day. Wow. Yeah. 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 So that's cool. Thanks. We're going to take a quick break. Quick break. And we'll be right back because I actually have one more question oh, that boy. I'd like to ask. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. And we're back. Here we are, guys. Hope you had a good break. We uh, went outside and we flew a couple of kites. I flew the drone again. You flew the drone again. What have you been up to, Elise? Yeah, I just watched, to be honest. Not great at flying anything. Who would win in a fight between a drone and a kite? I mean, let's be honest. It's not even a question. Yeah. Obviously the drone. Wait, we're talking about a kite, like the bird, the kite. Do you know this bird? No. There is a very impressive bird called a kite that has a six-foot wingspan, and they're nor- normally found in the south. You can know them by... Like the south, like Alabama? Yeah. Okay. And you can know them by their uh, their tail. They have uh, two uh, very distinct sort of... I don't know what you call the, the tail wings or whatever. Crests. Yeah, but it looks kind of like a boomerang on the end. And that that bird would destroy a drone. Like it's almost like a harpy eagle or something. Except it's not a harpy eagle. But right. I love birds. Did we talk about this? No, we haven't talked about this. Whatever. <laughs> I love birds. We've been friends for a long time. <laughs> oh my goodness. Birds and trees, man. Those are my things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about trees either. Yeah. No, I love trees. That's why I told you about the tree in the back. Didn't I tell you? No. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, okay. okay. I have another question for you, Elise. Okay. Uh, as a planner, 
whatever, as yourself. It doesn't okay. matter. What would you tell uh, photographers? What, is, what are some things that you're like, hey, photographers that come work with me, this is something I want you to know. Like, it doesn't seem mm-hmm. it's something that irks you about photographers sure. or just good things that you're like, oh, man, I like it when a photographer does this. Right. Uh, yeah, what comes to mind when we say those things? Sure. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is a lesson that I learned right when I started weddings, which was the main thing that I take away professionally from any wedding are the photos, and therefore it's really important to set a photographer up to take the photos that I really am going to look to take away, which are going to be, I love couples shots and I love anything in that way, but really my bread and butter will be those detail shots that show the design and the work that I definitely was the one that, you know, created that. So shooting details, especially personally, I'm just really all about the tablescape. I really love to get some great shots of it kind of from a broad view of the room down to an actual place setting. And I think a pet peeve of mine that I have is if I feel like the photographer has been, you know, staring right at a very specific space that's been created. And then I get the picture of that space and something immediately jumps out to me that wasn't right. So if a there's like a place setting and the fork is tilted to the side, mm. it's like, why... Were you not aware of that having been staring right at it, you know? Um, So things like that, you know, things in the shot that don't need to be there or aren't necessarily part of the design. Um, Like, uh... Like, so I just had a wedding where the gift, there were favors, and they were these uh, macaroons that were in little plastic boxes, Mm -hmm. which were very cute, but overall totally not part of the design of the table in Mm. that individual place setting. So I specifically asked the photographer to remove that box from at least several of the frames just so that I had those to go from because it just kind of throws off the actual design look I was going for. So how would would I know, like, as a photographer coming Mm -hmm. into that space, besides you saying, hey, that thing, because I I always have sort of the position of uh, this is how they want it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to touch it. Sure. I will probably move a fork if I see it off because yeah. that bothers me. Mm-hmm. But a macaroon, in my mind, it might have been part of the design. Totally. And right. I do love macaroons. That's a third thing. <laughs> right. no, I'm just kidding. Third macaroons. Yeah. Do you guys like macaroons? Oh, yeah. yeah. Who doesn't? Had, yeah. My friend's mom made me some mac- well, made some macaroons the other day, and they were the best macaroons I've ever had. That's, awesome. That's just another story. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Sorry. Back to the important stuff. And I can't expect you to know that sort of thing, which is why in that case, you know, I specifically told the photographer because of course it was important to the couple. So I'm not trying to negate that. I'm not saying don't get any photos of it because I can only, I can totally understand where the couple would look at pictures and say, oh, where was our cute gift? Mm -hmm. Totally understand. So I, I do think that a good portion of that is on me to be responsible for communicating that. And I, I even try to have a couple place settings in particular that I, spend extra time staring at to make sure those are perfect and let you know this that is this. this is a really great I like know, that. for yeah. that particular shot this one I know is going to be what I'm looking for I like that that's, well, that's good one thing you said I think is actually just it resonated with me when you said it is I've heard a lot of photographers especially in this like kind of mid-range market where that's focusing more like on outdoor things and mm-hmm. elements and again those things are fine but mm-hmm. I've heard photographers at some point kind of um, talk negatively about like the details and things like that. Like, oh, I'm not going to focus on that stuff. That stuff's not right. that important to you. You know, that's the the marriage or the things. And yeah, are the important thing. And I, while those sentiments are true, I think 
based on what you just said, it, it's this strong reminder that like to negate those things is also to negate the work and the artistry of another human being. Like right. someone put time and effort into creating this. Yeah. Like those things need attention because this is their artistry on display, mm-hmm. um, which I think is really insightful. Like thinking about th- the details that way. I think right. of, I hear photographers talk about shooting details like, oh, like I'm not going to focus on that because it's not that important in the grand scheme of life. Sure. But if you take that approach, then I think, yeah, it's it's kind of a – it's undervaluing the work that someone's put into mm-hmm. something, which I think is – Yeah, and I don't know if we talked about this. Remember when we were talking about um, skins or like uh, – Oh, the orange presets. So orange like, presets. Yellow, yeah. You know, I was talking to a planner yeah. and she – did we talk about this yeah, on the podcast? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, never mind. But just, you can just reiterate it in case you haven't heard. Anyway, we're talking about photographers that put lots of uh, different color schemes. Yeah. So much so that they change the color scheme right. of the actual – we intended. Yeah, yeah that yeah. the planner intended. Yeah. And that is $50,000, $60,000, mm-hmm. $120,000 mm-hmm. worth of work mm-hmm. that you're putting a 99-set preset on. But it's true. Like when yeah. when you're talking when the the planner they had a vision and they right. sat down and they talked about this, they designed it and styled it, and then the photographer. Not that you can't put your own twist on the images. Mm-hmm. Not that you can't say what you're doing, but you are hired to do a job. Right. And at some point, you can't just come in and say, "All right, that that yellow flower should be orange." Or, right. or should, you know, that white flower should be pink mm-hmm. because maybe she hates pink. You know what I mean? Like right. maybe there's a reason that flower is white. And so that's my like little thing about presets. Yeah. Because it's just like, yeah, there's you bought that you preset that. for for two, two cents. You yeah. know, like you right. bought it for nothing and you're just slapping it on yeah. a whole slew of work. You have to take care of your planner's work. Like they... They put a lot of time into this. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. Other and, thing, yeah. Well, and part of that that I want photographers to be aware of is as a full service planner, meaning I'm helping clients find every vendor that they work with, the the photographers that I put that client in front of are ones that I've thought through. and sure. And with my, at least at that point, design concept in mind, putting them in front of the photographer that I think their work and their perspective will capture my work and my perspective best is a huge part of it. So again, the one that Levi and I did, Levi was one of the first on my mind of his perspective is going to capture this look the best. Nice. And even for my own wedding, I mean, I think I actually tend to work with fine art photographers more, but for what we did and the floral I had in mind and the overall feel, we went with something and a photographer that was much moodier. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a lot to be said about pairing the right photographer to the right client in that hits on a lot of levels. But, you know, the way that things are captured is a big part of that too. Sure. It's not like a one size fits all. No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, I also think I design with a focal point in mind for everything. It's just part of my perspective, I think, as a designer. And what do you mean, like a focal point? I want every space to have a place that your eye is intended to go. Oh, wow. Rather than stuff, even if it looks great and I'll have a reason, everywhere. I mm-hmm. want your eye to know where to go, and I want it to have beautiful things to see along the way. Mm. But... It killed me one time we had this wedding with 100 people and we had one long table in a lawn for everybody. Hmm. It was this amazing line and I had the rental people redo the tables like six times so that if you stood at the head of the table and you looked straight down, it 
perfectly symmetrically lined up with a giant oak tree on the other end. Yeah. And the photographer took every single photo at an angle so you never got that impact. Oh, and gosh. it drove me crazy. So, like, I have a picture on my phone that I took with my phone that I prefer to use sure. to capture that tablescape and the, the intention behind how it was set up. Otherwise, it is more or less arbitrary. Yeah. yeah. So... Things I, like that. I, I can't believe that you you say you don't have a strong design background. <laughs> yeah. That is that's it. I'm yeah. learning as yeah. I go, but it it didn't come from an informed yeah. place. Yeah. I feel like I, right now I'm learning that one of the things that I should be doing with all the planners I'm working with is emailing them beforehand saying, "Hey, what are what would be the most important design elements I want to you yeah. want me to capture?" Yeah. Because I think yeah. on the day that's fine to have a conversation, but it'd be great going into that. Prior mm-hmm. to that, knowing, like, hey, I don't need to bug Elise, like, right now when she's busy with everyone else's requests. I can just jump in because I know this is what she right. wants. And that's, like, yeah, that's kind of – I think that the onus is on me to make sure – because I feel like planners send me a lot of work, and that's mm-hmm. and I want to give them what they want. So yeah. to do that, I need to be knowing what they sure. want. For me, just doing a walkthrough. Right. Like, the day of, for me, like, a, like an hour before, so she, you could say, hey, look at that oak tree. Right. I'm going to try to do this thing. Exactly. I'm like – money like I like it mm-hmm. I'm on the I'm on board mm-hmm. you know and I'm thinking about it that day like I literally ask for the table settings and like yeah uh what what in here is important to you like what I so just helpful. like yeah tell me exactly what you like and yeah. I'll go okay now I'll put my vision on that I'll take a picture and yeah then, and that yeah. balance is so important because I don't want to ever belittle a photographer like they don't know how to take a picture of a space sure at all I, yeah. and so it's always a balance of if I say that is that going to be like a oh obviously I'm going to take that picture or am I going to miss on this opportunity to have this picture that I thought oh everyone's going to get what I was going for and that's not fair either to assume you can read my mind. <laughs> no, yeah, I think that you should. I mean, personally, I don't mind it when a planner tells me. Mm-hmm. I had one planner once who was kind of, she was like shouting at me. She's like, what are you doing over there? Take it, for, take it from over here. Like, well, they're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, but that's just also her style. She's mm-hmm. amazing. She's yeah. like, she, I love working with her, but she's just always just like, but the picture's from over here. Look at this angle. And I was like, mm, okay, whatever. I took both, and I was like, here you go. I don't mm-hmm. care. Like, uh, But no, it's. I think it's important to say, mm-hmm. like, okay. hey, this is the thing. Like, this yeah. is what I like. And yeah. uh, me taking that photo can literally take two, like a minute. Sure. It's not, it's not sure. rocket science. I'm like, oh, there's the oak tree. Yeah. Now, would I have missed the oak tree? Probably not. <laughs> Probably <Teresa>. not. <laughs> <laughs> You're professional. Uh, yeah. You would never. But, yeah. What other things? What other things do you think, little or big, that you'd be like, yeah. hey, photographers, don't, you know, think about this or think about this or I like it when you do? I think there's a lot that I could say, but it all comes back to just a relationship of trust between us. I mm-hmm. think sometimes, like, when I do a timeline, I'm, of course taking into consideration your timing of the day. And I like to hear from you what your ideal timing for certain shots looks like. Sure. Um, but it's almost when I get absolutely no communication or feedback about that, or when I get the complete opposite where it's just like, okay, I feel like you don't want to collaborate with me on making this day flow as well as possible. Mm. Um, you know, mismanaged expectations can be a real bummer on the wedding day. I feel like, um, one time, I had a photographer that intended on taking the whole wedding party completely off site during the wedding day and never told never me told that. Me. No. And that kind of bummed me out because, you know, I had other things 
planned. Like I really wanted the bride and groom to see the reception before everyone got in there. Yeah. And that was on the timeline, but they kind of clearly didn't pay attention to that. Sure. And then they really reworked timing for what worked best for them, which I think could have worked best for everyone had I just known. Yeah. So it's just, it's helpful to, you know, have just a bit more back and forth, I think, about sure, with the timing of the day. Um, but I, I'm fortunate to say that I don't often run into that problem. It's just, I, I don't believe there's such a thing as too much communication, to be honest. Cool. So, yeah, over communication. Spoken is like fine. a true communication major. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm horrible at communication. Worth your money, mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See? Yeah, I'm. I'm not horrible at communication. I'm just horrible, like we talked about yeah, last week, at texting and emails. <laughs> I would rather talk on the phone to anyone. It doesn't even matter. I've been kind of like exploring that this past week, and like, yeah, I like talking on the phone, it, even for like two minutes. I'm just like, hey, yeah, okay, blah blah blah, bye bye bye. Sure. Anyway, and that's. Uh, what am I all about asides today? I drank a lot of coffee this morning, which isn't on my diet. Sorry, Virginia. <laughs> uh, um, all right, well, let's, let's open it back up to, like, the industry sure. as a whole. Um, like, is there anything that is kind of, like, on your mind when you think about how the industry is going, some sort mm-hmm. of industry themes mm-hmm. that, might, um, that might come to mind? Yeah, I think um, I love that there seems to be over, an overall movement towards this community over competition. And mm-hmm. I think, personally, that's been manifesting in a way of I have to be open to creating community. Mm. Not because I'm naturally inclined to be competitive necessarily, but because I've really struggled because of how everything kind of came to be with me in the business, with it being really not planned for, not prepared, and my background not necessarily being as strong as others. I struggled a lot, especially when I first started the business with what, I call imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. which is this feeling of don't really belong here, but I'm going to try to keep people from knowing that. Mm -hmm. And I think it came from a good idea or a good, an okay place of faking it till I made it because I had nothing else to go off of at that point. I had never had my own client. So anything that I portrayed was more or less an ideal that I had in my head, but not necessarily coming from a lot of experience. It was just, this is how I want people to see me or see my work. And Mm. I don't have to fall on that so much now because I have however many years of experience and way more perspective and uh, belief in myself. But it has sort of carried on in little ways where for a long time, I just like really wanted people to be aware of the name of my company and the brand. I wanted people to know Revel and Bloom. But I really struggled with putting myself out there personally so people knew who was behind Rebel and Bloom. Mm. So I remember over the winter, there was the Knott's big white party. And Mm. I went and I was invited to go with this group of professionals who I have idolized for forever and Mm. have finally become friends with. And it was a big moment. And I sat next to Sarah Corona, who's a wonderful photographer, and I introduced myself. And she's like, asked me what my company was. And when I said Rebel and Bloom, she said oh, you're Revel and Bloom. And that just hit me like, oh my gosh, like I've successfully allowed no one to know who I am. And now that feels really wrong. And as I've learned and tried to learn more about growing my business, I've learned and realized so much that 
what really is going to differentiate me from anyone else at the end of the day is me. Hmm. You can find people that are organized, that are creative, that are great designers, but a client, and I think it's similar for photographers, is really going to, at the end of the day, choose you because they connect with you or they feel like they, they can give you ideas that you're going to understand and you're going to take them further. And so I, there's no reason to hide that. And in hiding it, I do myself a disservice to clients because they don't really see my edge because that's just, again, it's me. Hmm. Um, and to vendors, because I think as soon as I started putting myself out there, I was feeling more confident in my referrals and I felt like other vendors were going to be able to back a client's decision to book me. You know, I think the best thing for a client to hear is, oh, you're working with so-and-so, they're the best. Hmm. And I wasn't giving anyone an opportunity to learn that about me. Um, all because... I just felt like the new kid on the block for probably too long. Yeah. And so learning that if I put myself out there, that really just becomes more of a benefit and people are happy to learn, oh, you're who's behind this. Um, but it was a struggle because I felt like, okay, I haven't always wanted to be a wedding planner and I didn't start my own company and I didn't do X, Y, or Z that everyone else around me has done. And I put way more meaning into that than anyone else did you know more weight to that than anyone else so I've been trying to work on um feeling more confident just to put myself out there more and mm. realize that the response I typically get is very positive and you know just not being so hard on myself and playing that comparison game of well, they've done this for 15 years and their company's really big. Yeah. When it's like, well, yeah. I can't do anything about how long I've been doing this mm -hmm. and I don't want a huge company. So a lot right. of times the comparisons I was drawing were not even directions I want to ultimately go. But, um, you know, just being comfortable with be belonging in the field and the level of service that I provide, you know. I think I felt intimidated by the companies that uh, like potential clients were also looking at and being in that pool was intimidating when it should have been really inspiring to myself or should have been really confirming that I'm doing good work if they're talking to all these other people that yeah. I consider, you know, people that I look up to. Yeah. So it was just a little bit of a, I have an imposter syndrome going on. Oh, no, that's, <laughs> that's beautiful, well stated. Oh, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> it felt like a ramble. Sure. No, it's, <laughs> it's good. Like, I, think I think it's a human experience, it. yeah. As photographers, I mean... I, I've been shooting for a long time. Mm -hmm. I shoot a lot of weddings, mm -hmm. but I'm still kind of like, oh no, are they going to find out that, you know, right. like, I'm just like, oh, but it works. I'm doing it. I'm doing yeah. it right. You know? Yeah. And so that's a truth that I don't think a lot of people are able to say. So mm -hmm. I, I like that you shared that. I guess if you were to go back to your younger self or mm -hmm. when you got the business, mm -hmm. how would you sort of track differently? Or what would you tell yourself yeah. to, to get out of that mindset? Or I think I needed to know that being open about my newness to the industry wouldn't have been a damaging thing. I think now I'm finally reaching out to the people that I've always looked up to and being open about, hey, I want to learn from you and that not be a blemish on my record for admitting that I have things to learn. Mm -hmm. um, I think... Had I been more open about that earlier, I probably would have 
at least benefited a lot. I don't know that I would have grown faster, but I think I would have been more comfortable. And I think these relationships that I'm so happy to have now with vendors and people in the industry would be that much stronger. Um, so yeah, I think being more transparent about um, what I have to learn would have been helpful to yeah. my younger yeah. self. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think the industry is just not as scary as I built it up to be. Sure. I mean, I recently met a planner that I have kind of looked at from a distance for a very long time and subconsciously kind of made her out to be a totally different person than who she is. Mm -hmm. I was sure that she was stuck up and pretentious and not very nice and all these things that I think I solely came up with because I was intimidated by her. Right. And then I ended up sitting next to her at an event and actually shared some of these thoughts. And she was so receptive to that and identified with some of what I said. And it was like, oh, why did I create that huge mental block when it never existed in real life? And again, had I got broken through that earlier, maybe I could have learned something yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. No, that's... Uh, I don't think most of the planners that I know mm -hmm. are great. And they yeah. have to be because... Yeah. That's their job. Right. They're, they're right. people versus yeah. people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and yeah, so they're suited for their jobs because they're great. Yeah, because yeah. they're great people yeah. and they're sweet and they're, you know, obviously they're, a lot of them are type A. Yeah. And they're just like, this is how this has to be. Sure. You know, this is how this has to be. But they have that side, but they also have the side of being personable mm -hmm. because client experience is one of the, right. the top things that a planner has to worry about. Yeah. And so if, if they're mean and dry, which I do know a few who are just like, you know, right. but and some some clients want that, mm -hmm. but I don't work with that right. planner very. You know those planners very often, um, and so it's uh, yeah, it's good to hear that you had a good experience with the one that you yeah, had, you and know. it's a good it's a great point um, that if we're supposed to be so personable to clients and that's really what should be at our core, then why wouldn't that translate to people yeah. in our yeah. industry? That's yeah. a great point that I hadn't you know connection I hadn't quite made yet. Yeah, no, it's cool. <laughs> Um, well, at least thank you so much for joining yes. us today. So you can check out her work yeah. at Revel and Bloom, R E V E L, yep. and Bloom, B L O O M, on Instagram, yep. websites, that same thing as well, too. Uh -huh. um, what What are you, anything coming up soon? You just made this. Uh, this hexagon table, anything yeah. else that you're excited about in the next few months or your yeah, next year? I mean, yeah. September, October is a crazy time. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I really, truly look forward to every wedding I have coming up. Oh, cool. And I, I don't always say that, so I do mean it. Yeah. Um, even up until our very last one this year, I, I'm particularly stoked about. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a big installation of a purple smoke bush. Oh, so, wow. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm very excited. Very excited. There's always cool. these elements that stick yeah. out about each one that I look forward to. Are there any other places we can find you on the on the interwebs? Are you on Twitter? No. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, We're no. not on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. Well, you're on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. But we are not. Oh, like yeah. Black, Black Light Podcast is not on Twitter. Sure. But maybe soon we'll Could get. Be. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Probably not. But Instagram, Facebook? Or? Uh, technically, yes. Facebook. Um, but to be honest, social media is not my strong suit. I put a lot into Instagram. And then sure. whatever goes on Instagram automatically goes on Facebook so yeah, they're yeah. pretty much the same and yeah. Instagram's a better platform yeah. for it so. cool, cool, and cool. as you heard in this podcast Elise is wanting to build community here in Denver so yes. shoot her an email yeah. and connect with her absolutely yeah right on uh, thank you so much thank we're excited you. to see how your company continues to bloom uh -huh. oh!
so rich enough. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I, I'm the best. Yeah. No, yeah. That's my birthday, so. You can do it. Yeah, you can do it. All right. <laughs> we'll catch you next week on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. See ya.